Hello and welcome to this, another episode of the IA Talks AI podcast series, the Investment Association's podcast series exploring everything to do with AI in the investment management industry. My name is James King, Senior Policy Advisor here at the IA, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Jamie Ovenden, the Chief Technology Officer at Schroders. Jamie, welcome. Thanks, James. Good to be here. Well, let's not waste any time. I understand you've been extremely busy um, looking at AI at Schroders. Would you be able to tell us more about what you've been doing and your approach? Yeah, sure. We um, we clearly, like everybody, think this is a you know, huge opportunity and one that we, we really need to look into in, in a very, very thorough way. Um, but at the same time, we should be cautious, we should be careful, we, we should you know be very concerned about where our data is going, where our data might be exposed, and we should also be very concerned about and very sure about the decisions potentially we make or the influence that, that the AI has on us as, as a business. So um, we, we're in sort of two places, one where we want to innovate and we want to move fast, um, and particularly move fast because I think there is an opportunity to have early mover advantage at the moment before you know, ubiquity kind of takes over. Um, but along with that, that um, desire to move fast and to innovate is also how do you do it safely and securely and making sure that you know, you're know you within all of the, the various um, regulatory and legal and, and, and obligations that, that you may have. Um, so, so our approach has been been a fewfold. Firstly, we've We've partnered with um, Microsoft um, in, in a pretty big way, um, along with also partnering with, with OpenAI themselves. So we've, we've stood up a number of, of different relationships there, and we've looked at the technology that OpenAI provides, and then we look like, looked at the interpretation that Microsoft gives it, and, and the, um, the enterprise controls, if you like, that, that you can gain from that. And therefore, we, we've been able to say, well, actually, if we want to offer broad-based generalist LLM-type technology within the business, then the right place to do that is using the Microsoft capabilities because you can build it with all of the enterprise controls that comes with with Azure, uh, rather than just you know opening up maybe some of some of the um, the more publicly available ones, which which have a number of different data challenges around it. So so the first step we took was to say rather than um, quite a number of businesses who have thought that the best way to protect themselves is essentially to to block access to ChatGPT, we took the approach to well, what if we partner with Microsoft if we open up um, their APIs that, that host these same models, but we open them up within uh, Azure tenancy and connect to it in that way, then we can control you know, where the data is going and we can understand it. And then with some levels of, uh, of usage around that and usage policy around that, we, we can give people access. So, so effectively, we've we built our own chat GPT engine or you know, interface on the front of the APIs that Microsoft provides. We, we pretty much um, broken new ground with them in doing that. I think they were learning the way their APIs worked almost the same as quickly as we were. Um, but we've been able to stand up our own version internally, and we've been able to give our employees access with the ability to essentially upload documents to that, um, which which we otherwise we wouldn't be able to do um, with with the free version. So so we've we've done that really fast to give people a really good opportunity. And in that way, does this approach allow you to make more use of your proprietary information? And your knowledge base that you have within Schroders, in a way that you might not be able to do, uh, certainly not safely, if you were using a public LLM. Yeah, that's that's completely right. Um, there are still restrictions. We still need to be very careful about the types of data that are potentially being being passed to the model, and therefore we we make it very clear that we exclude, and people must not do anything that's that's a client sort of identifiable data it might be covered by GDPR or confidentiality or anything to do with um, employee data, but. 
there's a lot of internal um, capabilities, therefore, that still gives us the ability to, you know, to, to, to use the LLMs. So, so that, that's, that's been a really, really big advantage to us. And then what we've been able to further explore with that is understanding the way that we can embed uh, documents in, into that and also the way that we can potentially chain together prompts and chain together snippets of document in order to get better answers. And there's actually quite a lot of, of, of science you can put into that to really you know, in tune the way that you get the best out of the LLM. Um, and then partnering Microsoft further, we're now exploring things like vector um, database technology so that you could upload large, larger sections of data, larger slabs of data, um, and, and therefore have that on hand to, to analyze and, and to query. So yeah, we're finding, that effectively delivering our own internal LLM capability has really enabled us to to accelerate with that particular use case. Excellent. And and in that um, decision that you took uh, to to go with your your own version of the LLM rather than uh, potentially the the more simple mm -hmm. option of just buying something off the shelf, going with a public one. What were the factors that ultimately swung the balance in the way that you chose? It's all around how do you satisfy. The very very clear requirements of data security integrity client confidentiality um and, and everything that comes along with that and the 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 really good test for us internally was working with technology risk and compliance and legal how can all of us be satisfied that this solution is, is the right one so my point of view am i actually providing something that that, that does you know, what the best of the technology can do um and clearly from the legal or the compliance point of view, are they satisfied that we've protected clients, that we that we stay within law, we stay within GDPR, we stay within client confidentiality, wherever it may be. And between the three of us, um, working in a very agile way, we, we worked on the solution that, that effectively we've been able to roll out uh, pretty much almost globally to, to our clients. There are some exclusions based on some particular territories, but, but broadly everybody in the firm's got access. Excellent. Um, are you able to share any sort of insight into what the reception among your your staff has been so far and how are you trying to engage uh, your people with this new tool that you provided? Reception has been very good. Uh, we've had probably two thirds of the firm from the analytics we can see using uh, the, the, this application, which is absolutely astand, uh, astonishing. We've had a long, long list of uh, enhancements that people want, which again, is, is always great for you know, usage and adoption of a piece of technology. Um, we've had people suggesting improvements. Uh, we've had people saying that they've had good answers and bad answers. You know, it, it's really entered in, into the, the usage of the firm. And we have maybe, uh, you know, of, of our entire user base, maybe 20%, 25% are, are using the application, you know, very consistently and constantly in order in order to, to make sure they keep doing it. And we've been able to, therefore, you know, move everybody over to this. Um, and it's sort of one of the, the key key tools, I guess, that we, we're giving people now. Um, still helping educate and help people understand that AI as a overall topic, LLMs as a as a particular slant of that technology, still have a number of you know guidelines around usage and you know there's always got to be a a level of um, double checking the answer you get back to make sure that, that potentially that is you know, that is factual and it is correct and everything else as as the technology itself develops. Oh, excellent! It sounds like you've made um, tremendous progress, uh, but inevitably there must have been a few challenges along the way. Um, what sort of challenges have you ran into, and how have you tried to get around those? 
Um, I would say that the challenge is probably two camps, right? So you've got the, there's a bunch of technical challenges, um, which we we had to work with Microsoft to to get through, and this space is moving so so fast, and new capabilities are coming out all the time. That I think just everyone trying to learn, everyone trying to understand the capabilities that 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 in itself was a, was was a, was a key challenge, and then the the push to use these types of technology, especially when there was um, you know a very, very powerful, very well publicized free one sitting there online in order to try and get something up and running. But that, that need to innovate and that need to, to move in a very agile way presented a whole raft of challenges in itself. And and we've we sort of found that as we're partnering Microsoft on this, it's been it's been really, really satisfying to do it in this way. They've been releasing new components and they they've been sort of updating some of which has been from our, our suggestions. So so we've we've been in a really good place there. Um the other set of challenges are uh, you know really the regulatory, uh, the legal, the making sure everyone understands the use cases, the acceptable usage, um, making sure that we've got the right guidelines and guard, guardians sort of ship in place to make sure that, that all of that can be properly policed um, and that everybody is is fulfilling their own obligations. Um, but, you know, uh, as as a, um, a regulated entity, our staff understand how that's supposed to operate and just making it very clear to everybody that we're, we're operating within the set of criteria and guidelines as as, as been um as being possible because of the quality that we've that we've got in terms of the way we, we police that and we we have compliance so picking up on your point about regulation there so in the uk as well as other jurisdictions um there are lots of movements to to um, think about what sort of changes to, to the law to regulation um, are necessary to, to meet the challenge of, of AI. From your perspective as a chief technology officer, do you consider that the current legal and regulatory framework is sufficiently clear for you to um, go forward confidently? Or uh, on the other hand, do you feel like changes are necessary? And if so, what would you like to see happen? I think it's it's clear to know how to operate within the current legislation. Um, you know, we, we've we've been able to interpret that pretty well, and, and we know the, we know the way forwards. And I think it's it's important to be very clear about what particularly LLMs are are good for, and and where they're strong, and then also where where they're not so strong. And I think it's important to understand that, and therefore your use cases are are apparent. And then I think the the other thing is to think about well, what is AI at the moment more broadly, and and I think. That could be best characterized as saying um, you've got a tool that can really help enhance your decision making. It can um, digest very, very large amounts of data, provide very accurate, very concise summaries to you, which can help you um, consume data. And it can look for connections and patterns in large amounts of data that, that is harder for a human to, to find or realize in this thing. You know, spend the, you know, their entire time trying to consume all this stuff. So, so it, it's very good at being a tool to help us make better decisions. It, it is not a tool, though, that should be making decisions for us. And, and, and I think, therefore, that um, bearing that in mind is is absolutely key. I think where legislation will need to evolve is where people are using the AI to make decisions without humans in the loop, which would not be, I think, for us, the right thing to do at the moment um is you know what how how will we legislate for that and how we put the right controls in place and, and how how will you know you, you be able to 
to give guarantees that um, you know AI is being used in the right way and, and not misused in, in the wrong way. No, thank you. That makes sense to me. Um, so looking ahead into the medium and long term, in your view, what do you feel are going to be the most compelling and transformative use cases in the investment management industry when it comes to AI? So we've obviously pushed out quite fast a, a generalist model, um, but that's not it's not the only thing we're doing by a long shot. And the way that I've sort of set us up to try and make sure we can explore the most opportunity is we've we've created a small group um, in in the centre of our technology function whose job it is to stand up um, some of the APIs that we're, we're consuming from various places to bring some of the models in and run them within our own private cloud um, to help educate others on on some of these capabilities but not to construct all of the use cases themselves centrally that we, we, we wouldn't be able to cope with that volume so the key thing they need to do is also educate and help all of the other technology functions and groups and tech teams and development teams that I've got you know everywhere in the business help and you know supporting the business help them to work with their business users and think about what are the best opportunities that they've got that they've got and therefore help bring that that into their existing you know work plans and packages and look for the opportunities that, that they may have so what we're trying to do I guess is enable all of the technology function to be more literate with, with, with the technology and then right through doing that have them partner with lots of different areas of business to enable them so so in a relatively short space of time what i'd hope to see is a number of different really strong candidate use cases springing up around the firm you know in, in all different areas which we could help explore and you know bring through you know the poc type phase and, and and see where we get to um so 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 this this broader brush ai enablement is is, is really important for us and, and i think it's working so so when you think about it that way you start to see it um in all kinds of places you you clearly see it in um topics around things like translation um and obviously any, anyone who's a global firm that's not specifically you know, investment management right any, any global firm that has to move large amounts of content in now and deal with different uh, regulatory frameworks or legislation translation is is, is absolutely fundamental and being able to do that very fast very cheaply very accurately is is going to be you know significant um productivity enhancement uh content creation um and, and then linking that with translation again, you know, you've got those there. So I think there's there's things like that which will create a level of efficiency in the organisation which doesn't currently exist. You then got um, probably raft of scenarios around um, some client servicing type stuff, um, and you can see um, some some other you know industries. I think Morgan Stanley talked quite a lot about um, their client services and the way they think they're using AI in that, and that's, that's quite interesting to see where that evolves to. You've got other other companies that run large. Sort of call centers that want to do some some of that work with with ai but i think more, more broadly you've got um the ability to plug plug ai in there and then the other piece that we we're obviously looking at quite interestingly is is with the investment space and what can we do there and i think probably the biggest opportunity we, we would see there at the moment is really around research and how can you use the ai to generate more concise um research notes for people to consume how can it you know look at particular trends and we have to summarize those how can it, 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 it look at um, com you know, company performance companies you may want to invest into and can it generate viewpoints there that are particularly valuable so we're, we're looking at all of those kind of scenarios as well and starting to see you know which one of those do we think particularly well suited i think i, th I think there's a uh that there's a, a mistake maybe to think that these llm can solve for absolutely everything um 
but but you know I think particularly those are a, a strong um, use cases that we can go for. Fascinating stuff. Thank you very much, Jamie. I think we'll leave it there. We really do appreciate you coming on um, and sharing your time with us. And thank you to everyone for listening. And we do hope you'll join us for the next episode, which will be coming along very soon. Thank you.